Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. You know, I actually interviewed Kenny Loggins a couple of weeks ago when, when Maverick mm. was coming out. Um, and he said he ran into Tom Cruise just um, by accident, like backstage on Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. Uh-huh. And, and he asked if Danger Zone was going to be in it. And Tom Cruise said, of course, uh, you know, it wouldn't be Top Gun without Danger Zone. And so, and then I asked Kenny Loggins, what was it like sitting in the theater and hearing uh, uh, Danger Zone coming out again? And he, and he said, well, let me put it to you this way. Have you ever had an orgasm? The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. That was WTOP Entertainment Editor Jason Fraley commenting on a recent podcast. Arch, your turn. Hello again, world. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that uh, tries to keep up with the ever-changing world of entertainment, and I am here with Lou Katz, the classic radio guy, producer, and enabler of this program. Hello, Lou. Hello, Arch, and hello, everyone. And uh, everyone is a panel of experts this week. Let's start with Oliver Jones, all the way out in L.A., where he writes for Observer.com and People Magazine. He teaches at Emerson College, and I just found out you're teaching at Syracuse this summer. All right, Oliver. Nothing like the Zoom. And meantime, here in D.C., (laughs) the entertainment editor of DC Outlook. He's the original angry critic, Mr. Peter Freeman. Hi, Peter. <laughs> I'll teach you Peter, all how to be angry today. Meet Oliver. Oliver, meet Peter. A and pleasure, here we pleasure. go. Good to see you again, Peter. <laughs> so, uh, Oliver, you got my attention last time you were on this podcast because you said you were about to go see a screening of Elvis. Let me tell you, not only did I not make it to that screen, uh, Arch, because I didn't get assigned it to review, and you know, our numbers are just skyrocketing uh, up here in LA, and I just, you know, without oh. without having an, an assignment, I just wasn't feeling it. So what I decided to do was this Sunday, I drove out to Riverside to go to the drive-in and see Elvis at the drive-in. Um, but I got there late, and the line was so long going with, you know, uh, that I that I didn't feel up. I didn't feel like idling in the fumes of of Southern California um, for 45 minutes to, to uh, see an Elvis movie. So I've missed it twice, and I'm, I'm one really- one way or the other. Elvis was gonna make you sick. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Not surprising. I am not hearing anything good about that movie, but my friend. The angry critic, Peter Freeman. <laughs> you you saw a screening. I, I saw it. Who the hell is there? Elvis Presley. In fact, it's probably still going on. The first screening that Oliver missed. <laughs> because it's Are you saying it's, it's long? Oh, it it's uh, 159 minutes. Uh, so you know, that's longer than the Great Gatsby, if you're sure. <laughs> um I it's actually kind of good. Um, it's a tale of two movies or two cities, whatever you want to call it. The first half is absolutely awful. Um, my girlfriend and I came like this close to just walking out. Um, but thankfully, uh, Elvis uh, goes to Vegas and uh, Austin Butler, who's like on a thousand shows on the CW that you've never watched. Um, he just becomes Elvis. He gets fat. He starts doing drugs. 
Um, and it's, he's just, he becomes Elvis we all love, right? Um, <laughs> Fat Elvis. Is, yeah, which is good because everything Tom Hanks is, uh, is, is just awful. He, and he's like the first half of the movie. The, the movie's told through his view and you know, he's a real sneak. And his Colonel accent, Parker. Colonel Parker. And you'll want any other colonel to shoot him because his accent's <laughs> awful. Uh, his he's real campy. What's and, next for him, Orville Redenbacher? He's played every. Speaking of colonels, <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Touche, touche. Um, it's it's good though. It it, it ends up being a, a. I gave it a B minus. It ends up becoming. You, you know, I I am wondering if Elvis the movie is like uh, one of the first big flops of the summer because it didn't seem to oh, do much business. It didn't make and, money. Um, my next question is, uh, is Tom Hanks jumping the shark? Uh, well, he uh, he played uh, Walt Disney before. I feel like he's uh, just going through the patriarchs of the 50s and 60s. You know, it basically, it seems like the lead performance is astounding and his performance is embarrassing. Uh, so it's it has something to provide people who are aficionados of um, cheese acting by great actors and great acting by actors they don't know or perhaps underestimated and uh, and you know as disappointing as it might be to have um tom hanks give a less than stellar performance um it's always fun to be surprised at the movies uh you know but i do think that um you know people are are just gonna be gun shy for a while and i think uh, sitting in a movie theater for that long right now is a lot to ask of of our fellow Americans. You so know, we're so kind I'm of sure back to I'm that really again. Blame, I'm not sure I'm going to blame the movie on this one. Now, what about Thor opening this week? <laughs> Thor, excellent. It, 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 I just saw it last night, and um, it's Tayaka Waititi. Um, he's the guy that did Jojo Rabbit. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. He Love took him. this the. Thor franchise in a completely new direction back in, I think it was 2017 with uh, Ragnar. And um, it's more playful, a more playful direction, parallel with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, this one, it's taking that a step further. It opens with Christian Bale, one of a um, lot of famous, familiar faces in this movie. And he plays, and Archie will love this, he plays a guy called the God Butcher. Mm. And of course, he's seeking revenge yes. against all the gods. I met him at Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> he does go from there from time to time. Uh, but he, he basically, Christian Bale's character, uh, this butcher, wants to kill all the gods. And eventually he gets around to Thor, of course, who is played by Chris Hemsworth. And uh, he is a lovesick. Uh, Thor, uh, because his his lady love is back. Natalie Portman comes back in this one. The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. Just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. She's uh, she's a lot of fun. Hubba hubba. A little yeah. hubba hubba, yes, and uh, yeah. especially for for Thor, and uh, but she's one of and along with Tessa Thompson. Uh, two strong female leads, which is good, and they're uh -huh, traveling with uh -huh. Thor and trying to fight Christian Bale, basically. That's the gist of the movie. And along the way, they come across Russell Crowe and uh, a number of cameos that I won't spoil for you. Tin Man. 
The king does not cowardly lion. Although he's an Elvis, has a cowardly lion. This is a good, a really good movie. It's a B plus. It's a very strong movie. It's super funny. It's quirky. It's campy. Um, it's uh, still action packed, so you're not going to be bored by it. And here's the best part: it's under two hours. Wow, uh, we like it's that. It's fantastic. And well, it's that's really exciting to hear. Uh, and, you know, because it was, you know, the, the last Thor movie um, was something truly exciting and refreshing. And I, and I wasn't convinced that they were going to keep that same uh, energy and momentum going. And I'm really pla pleased to, to see that, at least in your eyes, that they, that they have. They did. Uh, and then some, yeah. That's great. And again, it's been a real surprise because he was sort of the dullest character of all of the Avengers. So the fact that they were able to pull this out and make him kind of the, the most interesting one, which seemed almost impossible to do, uh, was, was quite something. Yeah, he, he actually took a backseat to his brother, the Loki character, in the yeah. first one. And now he's yeah. like Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's yeah. the new face of Marvel, and he's definitely up to the task. So uh, the, the movies, I guess, are kind of uh, chugging along on a summer schedule of uh, Minions last week, uh, got a lot of uh, attention and, uh, uh, you know, a, a PG rated movie for kids is always uh, a good bet. People are still talking about uh, Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. Here we are, we're halfway into the summer. So uh, what else do we got, Oliver? What are you watching? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go in a completely different direction, Arch, and I need to suggest to you. Oh, I'm uh, shocked. To all of, yeah, <laughs> right. To all of you guys, uh, some new documentaries, especially Ooh. one that opened this week, um, Fire of Love, uh, which I just reviewed and is, is coming to um, E Street there in D.C. Uh, it's about uh, two uh, French uh, volcanologists uh, their names are um, uh, the the Crafts, uh, Maurice Craft, uh, and um, and they basically went into the mouths of of active volcanoes. They were a married couple, uh, and um, and shot this most incredible footage, two hundred hours of just the most. It's almost like um, like Marvel type of visuals, uh, except it's actual lava, uh, and it's sixteen millimeter, right? And uh, it was crafted uh, together uh, by a um, director named Sarah Dosa, who added, you know, there was no soundtrack, so she added all of the foley and the music, and and uh, there's no talking head. Mm. It's a very um, in there kind of a story, and it's also it's sort of a tragic love story because you learn from the very beginning that this couple died together at the base of a, a volcano oh. in uh, 1991 in. Um, in Japan. Tomorrow will be their last day. They meet on a blind date at a cafe. From here on out, life will only be volcanoes, volcanoes, volcanoes. It's a movie that's, you know, overwhelming with its with its imagery and precise with its craft. So, so it's kind of found footage. I mean, if they died uh, more than 30 years ago, uh, where has the footage been? It's been in um, archives in uh -huh. France. They, ha uh, they, they were filmmakers. Uh, and, they, and, and as filmmakers, they were very inspired by the French New Wave. And the look of the film and the feel of the film has that sort of French New Wave feel to it. Um, uh -huh. Definitely, if you're looking for a change of pace that's emotionally moving and visually stunning, 
uh, I highly suggest this uh, this documentary. It'll be in and this sounds theater. like the kind of thing that will show up online pretty quick, don't you think? Well, it'll be it's National Geographic, which means it'll uh -huh. be on um, uh, Disney Plus in a month or two. Yeah. Oh, great. Fire of Love. Yes. How definitely. interesting. Uh, how about you, Peter? What are you watching these days? I, I've, I've been watching a lot, movie-wise, real quick, because uh, I don't know if, if you'd spoken about it earlier. Um, the Light Year was a clunker. That was a yeah. his movie that has got a cute cat in it and, and basically nothing else. Um, but there's a couple of scary movies you might want to check out. They're still in the theater, uh, holding on, you know, for dear life. But The Black Phone, which is Ethan Hawke, is really good. Um, and he's, he's basically kidnapping children, and then he holds them in this room, and all the kids who have been killed before, spoiler alert, are calling on this phone that's not connected to any wires, and they're talking to the current kidnapped kid and giving him tips on how to beat Ethan Hawke. You're getting out of here. How? There's a combination lock. What's the combination? Uh, oh. Really interesting. And, Yikes. And, and kind of creepy, but what, a kind of? Kind of well, I mean, yeah, as far as that kidnapping children things goes, but Watcher is another good scary one. Um, uh, that's lost in translation in Romania with a serial killer. So it's uh, it's it's basically this this young lady goes. She's a newlywed. She goes to um, Romania and Bucharest, and basically her husband leaves her alone. And this guy watching her across the street, and mayhem ensues. That's really good. Um, nice. So there's some other movie options, you know, if you're not wanting to see Top Gun for the third or fourth time or <laughs> suffering through the Jurassic Park business uh -huh. again, there are other little gems that you can find, um, which is definitely the Ethan Hawke one. The Black Phone is, is the best of those. I, I, I want kind of to creeped out just listening to you describe it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I um, I'm gonna need a hand to hold if I'm I'm gonna <laughs> catch that one. But uh, Ethan uh, Hawke uh, is having an interest, you know, such an interesting career yeah. as a director, as a um, as a film, as a filmmaker, as a star. He seems to take risks uh, in in such an interesting way. The joy of doing a scary movie is I always like to picture a group of friends going to a movie theater at midnight at Halloween or people having a sleepover party and it's your job like you're sitting around a campfire your job to tell a scary story there's nothing that will make you feel older than the fact that um my daughter is a huge huge fan of his daughter and like you know buys his music okay. uh, her music and and she's a star on um uh what's it called on uh the popular show on Netflix that everybody watches wow you know the upside what down. was that uh, movie yeah. Ethan Hawke made where he was uh, a minister and uh, uh and first he, reformed wow uh, Paul Boy. Schrader movie. uh that yeah was that was one of the last screenings I went to a screening of that at the Motion Picture Producers Association it was a special Ooh. they had and you know so it was an all it was a fancy schmancy uh Washington crowd and uh, First Reformed is playing, and Ethan Hawke is this minister, and he gets more depressed and suicidal. And uh, about two-thirds of the way through, someone in this very adult audience says out loud, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ethan Hawke, because he has, like <laughs> Oliver said, he's become that new, like Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of a guy. He's risk-taker and... Uh, 
he's wonderful. He's really wonderful. Well, he's also a really good director too. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. He, but that film, um, uh, first reformed, uh, was is kind of part of a, a revival uh, in the, the the next wave of um, of Paul Schrader. Uh, the director uh, yes, and, yes. and writer um, whose uh, latest film, Card Counter, oh, is on Hulu oh, uh, and is definitely worth um, worth checking out. Uh, have you guys well, seen that one? Peter, did you see that movie one? of last year, Card Counter. Yeah. Yes. Terrific. Incredible. It was one of the few that I actually got out of the house, went to a matinee to see in the Good theater, theater yeah. and really Chilling. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, I got something I really want to plug here that I really like, and I found it on AMC, and it is Dark Winds. Have you heard of it, either one of you? I saw one episode. Yeah? And the matter more to come. Uh, it stars this guy, Jean Zahn McLaren, and you would recognize him if you saw him. He's one of those character actors that you immediately, oh yeah, I know who that guy is. He was in Reservation Dogs, uh-huh. uh, which was an excellent series. He was the policeman. Uh, in this one, Dark Winds, he's, uh, he's a tribal policeman and he is investigating a murder, although, and it turns out the murder is uh, connected to, um, a daring robbery by helicopter of yeah. uh, of an armored car. You hear about this armored car robbery? Eyewitnesses place that hijacked chopper headed into Navajo country. Thought we were talking about a double homicide. We're talking about both. It's set in the 70s, starts out this helicopter lands, armored car is blown open. They steal all this money and, uh, and then they fly off onto uh, Navajo land. And uh, he uh, investigates that with the help of another uh, Native American who turns out to be an FBI agent. And it, uh, it gets into um, spiritualism mm -hmm. and uh, Indian, uh, uh, you know, Native American uh, otherworldness. Uh, and I think it's, I'm, I'm totally hooked on it. I think there was a movie of, it's a series of books, and I think there was a movie made a while back that probably didn't do as well as this. And, and they are, they're making me very frustrated because they're only dropping one episode <laughs> every week. You binge or you. Well, <laughs> that's, that's how you lived most of your life, Art. Uh, I, I hate to remind you of this. You did this for a very, very long time. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't watch L.A. Law all in one Thursday. You know, oh darn it! Uh, but I'm really glad to see that AMC is playing something uh, other than the Rocky movies. Um, <laughs> They're your Rocky station. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they really have been going overboard on the Rocky, which is which has been kind of my comfort food uh, this summer uh, a little bit. But this sounds really good. Thank you for telling me about it, Arch. I had uh, dark it. winds. I'd be interested in what you thought. You know, they're also uh, binging uh, Breaking Bad. They're showing every episode of it leading up to uh, the final episodes of Better Call Saul. Mm. which I think starts this weekend. Are you, you guys down for that? No. I've I never watched Better Call Saul, but I'm very excited to, to uh, re-watch episodes of Breaking Bad. I, again, I, I, you know, 
a, a show that is the opposite of comfort food, but always rewatchable in my mind. What about you, Peter? No, I still haven't. Uh, I got through the first season of that, and uh, no, no thanks. I just couldn't. Uh, I couldn't stay with it. It, it just seemed to be uh, like a one note, a little bit too much. And I know I'm totally against the grain on that, but uh, just- I have found Better Call Saul very hard to follow and very hard to figure out. And you know, it's the story of the lawyer in in Breaking Bad and how he became a mob lawyer. Uh, Could you watch Bob, it if you didn't watch Breaking Bad? Is it that? Nah, I don't it's, think it's so. It's not a standalone. No. Yeah, that's kind of speeding you. You so might be. Breaking you Bad. might be able to. Uh, there's there's interesting um, aspects. There's a there. Um, a Michael McKeon plays his brother. Uh, you know, it's there. There's some. Um, but I, I'm with you, Arch. For some reason, it just didn't quite connect right. with me. Uh, even though, again. It has been very exciting, especially for you know Gen Xers to see Bob Odenkirk's career and the right. way it has played out. Um, and uh, but but I'm I'm with you for whatever reason that one uh, flew by me. Bob Odenkirk, you know, he tried all these NBC sitcoms and uh, did stand-up comedy. Uh, I had a rough day. I had a uh, got a speeding ticket today. Yeah. Uh huh. Ooh is right kind of proud of myself though because i thought i handled it well i didn't get out of it but cop approached the car and he said uh, uh mr odenkirk you know you were speeding and i said uh, i was thinking real quick i said yeah i'm also drunk and i've got 10 pounds of cocaine in my trunk you see i'm auditioning for cops right now so if i could just take my shirt off and you could chase me i think he was a better character of breaking bad than as yeah. a standalone, although this is the final season and they stop yeah. after episode seven with one of those Ozark-like cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. A major character got murdered. So so I'll be interested in that. Right now, though, I'm really captured by uh, Dark Winds. I started Only Murders in the Building, second season. You guys watching that? Steve Martin? I'm excited um, to, to to catch up with it. Um, how, how is the second season, Art? Uh, you know, it it there's a nice light fluffiness to it. Yeah. Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. They solved a murder last season, and then suddenly they're implicated in something else, and now they're so they're they're in this building in New York, and uh, you know, it's it's fun. It's light. Um, is the elephant in the room Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus? Are you ready to talk about it? <laughs> that was pretty good. Did you guys catch? It's it a was, it was okay. It didn't. I mean, did did you feel like it was necessary, Peter? No, but it's it's necessary for Disney to recoup all those billions. But uh, I thought <laughs> they they paid homage to the Darth Vader, who is the pivotal character of this whole saga. And I oh. thought they, you know, it, it was a little cheesy at times, but I thought it was, it was good filler because they're not going to come up with another movie that's going to have the same oh. appeal. Well, uh, so I, this is basically a trickling down and they're hoping something catches. I think I we realize now that, that I don't think that Star Wars <laughs> is a movie property anymore. I think it's a TV show. It's a TV yeah, property yeah. and I think that's going to be where it exists. You know, um, and um, and that's the sort of new new reality of Star Wars. And 
Some of them are going to hit. Uh, I think probably more of them are going to miss. But I, I will say that, you know, I think the most interesting aspect of the whole Star Wars universe was generally, you know, the outer rim, the margins of it, you know, uh, the bars and the and yeah. uh, the speedier spots in in um, in Star Wars was always what made it more a more interesting world. To right. Journey. It was the fantasy aspect that was yeah, before, yeah, not sort of just the, another explosion and another fight. The, the lost corners of a of a of a universe. And kind how of they all thing. tie together. In yeah. Some... Yeah. So I think TV is a better way to explore those. Uh, but again, um, you know, I would like them to sort of move away from the um, Skywalker family, you know, in the, in those stories and sort of tell more <laughs> stories from the margin. When but the great-grandchildren get involved, it's usually... Yeah. <laughs> oh, your great-great-grandfather was friends with my great-great-grandmother. Yeah. What? Look at this lightsaber they gave us. <laughs> you know. Peter and I went to a screening of Where the Crawdads Sing, ah. which doesn't open for another couple of weeks, so we don't want to exactly review it. I just want to say <clears throat> that I found it kind of uplifting that it's that middle kind of movie. Yeah. It's, it's a movie like, uh, you know, it's The Notebook or the message in a bottle. It's a Nicholas Sparks. It's not Nicholas Sparks who wrote the uh, material, but it's, uh, you know, it's fried green tomatoes. It's, uh, it's that kind of, of, of summer movie that you would take your wife to see. I have, like you, heard the tall tales told about the Marsh Girl. A little girl surviving in the marsh on her own reviled and shunned. Being isolated was one thing. Being hunted, quite another. It's a movie that was um, produced by Reese Witherspoon, directed by uh -huh. a woman, Exactly, by a yeah. Um, uh, Taylor Swift uh, does the music for it. You know, it, and, and unfortunately, you know, um, uh, a, a, it's still worth remarking um, when a film has that many uh, women in the, in, in the creative seats yeah. behind um and uh i'm supposed to see it next week arch so uh would you recommend is it a it is a as they say on seinfeld is it mask worthy is it worth going into the uh movie theater <laughs> and taking a chance i i think it's virus worthy yeah All yeah right. I, even even the angry critic peter sort of I like softened it more. up <laughs> and i wasn't wearing a mask unlike you but <laughs> I, and first of all just before i say anything about it it was great to see you in person after over two years. Movies <laughs> are not the same in a theater without Arch Campbell sitting next to you. Um, well, but, and now when I go to a screening, it's, uh, who are you? They thought I was your plus one. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and I had a lot of those, so you, you didn't want to get caught in that whirlwind. So, Peter, <laughs> describe, describe what it's like to sit next to Arch at a, at a movie screening, because it really is one of the great... The uh, constant physical touching life. is a bit concerning, <laughs> but I've grown used to it. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, though, that movie is it's really good. You can't, we won't give a review, obviously, but that Daisy Edgar Jones uh, yeah, plays a main yeah. character. She's sensational. It's a very strong role for a woman very refreshing um and i think it's going to do much better than people expect um she yeah, did that uh, normal people series uh, 
I uh, she Irish, I think, or uh, uh, British. She is, yeah. She they they can do our our accents like in yeah. their sleep kind of a thing. Um, but she's she's very strong and still a little vulnerable. She's not like you know GI Jane kind of a thing. She's she's a, a a normal woman who's just like has great resolve and a thousand things in her way. And she just gets goes through them one by one, and I think it's it's very strong. It's, it's very engrossing. It's not long, and you've got Taylor Swift's on like all of a sudden at the end. So well, I mean, and Reese Witherspoon really is a uh, she's a brand now. I mean, oh, yeah. I think she's uh, she knows what she's doing, and um, so it's kind of nice to see this coming out, considering that everything else is predictable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Jurassic Park. It's Maverick. It's and it's no the minions two again. Weeks for no, that's not going to be predictable. I hope. Oh uh, yeah, I hope Another. so too. But uh, it's it's true, Arch. You know, it seems a miracle anytime we get a movie that's not for thirteen-year-old boys. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and um, yeah. and this one seems like it's it's for adults and 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 um and uh, I'm excited to see it. But yeah, I think the big I think the big. Uh, exciting movie for the summer i think you're right peter i think it's nope uh coming oh, up yeah. i think that's one um that's gonna uh, create a lot of energy and attention and um and that's that i think that's the big game changer for the summer i hope yeah. so it, it, it's worrisome to me that it looks as though there's you know with the continued uh, trailers they're showing an awful lot of the trailers it makes me nervous bro what'd you see something about the clouds that's big how big big you think whatever killed Pops is out there? That cloud ain't moved an inch. It's aliens. They're just waiting for the perfect time to shove metal probes up our asses. I'll be rooting for you. The surprise element kind of gets lost, and Jordan Peele—that's his yeah. like his niche—is the surprise. Jordan so Peele. my only concern is that mm, it could try to be one of those M Night Shyamalan movies where the trees talk to each other, or <laughs> you know, the one without Bruce Willis. So I'm hopeful. We're very excited to see it, but uh, yeah, he has to get beyond Get Out, which uh, is brilliant. Yeah, and and so like M Night Shyamalan, uh, who never really got past the Sixth Sense. Yeah. So uh, we'll hope we can say yes to Nope. <laughs> oh that's a that's an well, they, show long think, right there right? you know it's so sad think of the reviews setting up if it's bad nope right yeah no <laughs> nope here's my review let's nope. do better let's do better no Come thank on, guys. you there's a <laughs> That was a big fat pitch down the center for your old reviews. Yeah. Uh, Thank no, you. I'm sure you're really not being able to speak at that pitch. Speaking of pitches down the middle, this podcast comes to you on Hound Radio, uh, the gem of the Cats podcasting system. A gem. And in, in podcast headquarters is the president of uh, Cass, Cats <laughs> Podcasting, Mr. Lou Katz. You know, we have <laughs> a word. We, we have a, a bunch of uh, listeners in downtown Bethesda that serve up something very tasty, and they love Hound Radio. Check this out. I like bagels, big around. Please bring me the finest bagels in town. And you'll find those 
Bagels at Bethesda Bagels. You'll also find them playing Hound Radio at their downtown Bethesda location. Owner Steve Fleischman and the staff know how to make a great bagel, and they also know a great radio station when they hear one. Thanks, folks, for aiming your dough-covered ears at Hound Radio. Lou, do you think uh, Bethesda Bagel, you know, would it kill them? To send over a dozen bagels every now and then. I think they'd probably do it through Zoom, Arch. (laughs) Would it kill them? (laughs) I'm just wondering. I like their bagels. So uh, I'm here on this podcast with uh, Oliver Jones of Observer.com and People Magazine and with uh, Peter Freeman of DC Outlook. And uh, guys, uh, anything on your mind? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I, I've got uh, two um, suggestions uh, as far as things to uh, to watch um, uh, that might be kind of off your uh, radar a little bit. Uh, I, this summer, I've been teaching at uh, Syracuse University um, at the Newhouse School of Communications, uh, a class oh. here in Los Angeles on um, uh, on on addressing and approaching diversity through Disney animated film. Uh, so uh, it's been really interesting and, and, and really fascinating. And there's a show on Disney Plus that kind of um, is an interesting sort of way of thinking about this sort of, uh, diverse, this current diversity era of Disney animated. It's called Baymax uh, and it's a spinoff of Big Hero 6, uh, which was a, um, a movie that came out a few years ago. And this is kind of a um, anthology cartoon show um, uh, featuring the main uh, uh, sort of big kind of, uh, he's a cross between a nurse and a wrath um, uh, called uh, Baymax, uh, going around um, uh, the city uh, helping people uh, with their various ailments and, uh, and problems. And, oh, wow. and uh, it, it, it's kind of a touching show. Um, and... Um, and I was sort of quietly moved by it. And, and, and uh, the uh, episodes are about 12 minutes long. There's six or seven of them. Uh, so it's, a, it's sort of an, an, an easy and, uh, and kind of fun watch. Um, uh, and I, so, so I, I suggest that one. Oh, cool. Oh, boy, I'm going to sound awfully um, uh, terrible in comparison. But I was just going to mention a couple of shows that I finally started to watch and that I gave up on quickly. Uh, one is one... <laughs> That Arch loves Barry. Um, I tried. Really? I really, I tried. Five episodes, no. six episodes. Uh, no. It, it, and I love the 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 fellow who's the star, um, the one who does all those voices and and Saturday Night Live. Uh, I think he's yeah. tremendous. But uh, Henry Winkler, who I'm very fond of, didn't didn't catch me. It, really? it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't hold me. And. I'm sorry, but uh, How to Get Away with Murder is another one, um, and that's an ABC show, and it's very interesting, the first episode, maybe episode and a half, and then it just repeats over and over. Mm-hmm. Every episode is another murder, how convenient, and this little class with Viola Davis is running around, and I gave up on those. I, I think I'm not very patient with television shows. I should probably go back to Barry, right, Arch? Uh, but uh, those well, are you're really messages. bringing down the house here, man. You're really <laughs> and uh, the Sopranos. What's the point of that? <laughs> we were having a good time till this guy showed up. What the heck? Really, really. I go against I, the I, grain. What can I say? Well, 
I, I will admit that several times my wife has left the room during Barry yeah. while I'm just screaming with laughter. So it, uh, gets, but I, it gets better, obviously. Or, or you think it was good from day one? Uh, I, I always, I love the, uh, the setup that he's uh, a hit man who wanders into an acting class and decides that he's uh, hooked on acting and uh, and yet uh, he still uh, gets his uh, his uh, assignments and one of them interacts with uh, Henry Winkler as the uh, the hammy drama coach yeah and uh, and so Does I he like come out that. of his shell more Barry just uh, he seems a little subdued in the few episodes I saw yeah. I, yeah, I, I would. What would you say, Oliver? He comes out of the show. I mean, to me, you know, I, the whole concept of the acting class hitman just felt a little bit too 90s, you know, uh, kind of Tarantino ripoff sort of concept. It wasn't, for, for whatever reason, uh, I'm in Peter's camp on this one. I, you know, it just didn't quite oh. click. Um, but I do adore oh, it. rushing to Now you're going to tell me you hate Ozark, too. This yeah. is like having Jim Cheney on. Yeah. <laughs> he hates Ozark. Now that's just an illness, so we'll leave it at that. The only, yeah. the only thing I'll say in Barry's behalf is that every now and then there is an episode that is just brilliant. And I think in the first season... He's uh, called to uh, rub out a, uh, a martial arts expert, and uh, the martial arts daughter uh, gets into him, and it's just this, this outrageous uh, uh, kickboxing uh, stuff. Yeah. So, so that's all I'm going to say. So I'm just, to I want to recommend Dark Winds to anybody watching uh, the AMC has a uh, streaming service, and uh, I'm almost uh, tempted to uh, add uh, my one billionth, <laughs> one thousandth streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> so right. uh, the clock is ticking. I want to thank uh, Peter Freeman of DC Outlook and uh, Oliver Jones of Observer.com and People, Lou Katz of the Katz Podcasting System. I'm Arch Campbell, and we'll Great return. to see you guys and have a terrific uh, a summer weekend watching movies and watching shows. See you at Nope, I hope. Ooh, uh, that, that one just fell yep. into it. <laughs> yep. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.